All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it is my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game, personally and professionally. Today, we are jamming with Andrew, who is an Emmy and Golden Globe award-winning executive producer based in Toronto and Los Angeles, a six-time Canadian Screen Award winner. Three of his series have been nominated for Best Comedy over the past 10 years. Andrew previously served as the executive producer on the comedy Schitt's Creek, 80 episodes, which is incredible and one of the most funniest or the most hilarious shows, I should say, uh, that's been out there. Uh, he starring Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, for which he received Emmy, Golden Globe and Canadian Screen Awards. He is the CEO of Project 10 Productions and currently the president of Toronto Film School. Andrew, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks, Mark. It's good to be here. I can't wait. Like I said uh, earlier, I mean, there's there's so many threads that we can pull on and so many topics. I know, you know, you're in another, you're you're in a, the next phase, the next chapter of, of your career and life and whatnot. So there's so much I, I can't wait to dive into. But before we get there, the big question, who are you? <laughs> this is a tough one, I think. Um, and it's a big <laughs> one. And we're like how we're starting this way. Um it's it's something I actually spend time thinking about, and uh, because I wear, I'm different. I'm a different person to different people, obviously, and and I'm very aware of that, and uh, understand the 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 expectations that that go along with that for different people, but and what they expect from me, and how I perform, and how I act, and behave, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I do like to think that. Um, there, there is sort of a consistent Andrew and that there is somebody that's at at, at the core. Um, I, I am sort of the same that, that, that Mm -hmm. when you get right down to it, I'm the same to everybody. Uh, but I, what about to you, Andrew? Like who is the Andrew to you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, I, I identify as a hard worker. I identify as, um, uh, somebody who's passionate, who's, who's ambitious, who's motivated, uh, who has, has had big dreams and who continues to have big dreams. I see myself as a dad, as a partner, as a, as a member of a family that means a lot to me, uh, as a friend, you know, and, and, but at its core, I, um, I think I, you know, like I said, it's core hard worker, all those things. But I, I like identify as somebody who is thoughtful, who's who. I, I think there's a a nice niceness to me. I really want to be a nice person. I want to do good yeah. things, important things. Um, I spend a lot of time just prioritizing calmness. I like being calm. I like breathing. Uh, and I, that sounds like a silly thing <laughs> to say. Those are superpowers these days. True. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I, I and yeah, I, I, like, I, I'm confident in who I am. That wasn't always the case, but I am. And, um, you know, it, it, I really think I want to be a, a positive influence. Like uh, that's sort of mm. something that I bring to a lot of conversations and interactions. Like how do I help? How do I elevate? How do I support? Uh, and I think that might be the consistent thing across the board. It's That's how I enter into a lot of relationships. Yeah. Yeah. 
There it is. I'm smiling because there, there are a few things you shared when we first met in our intro call. And I'm sure we'll get to some of these things just relating to kind of your next chapter and whatnot. And as soon as you said, you know, I want to be a positive influence and, and elevate and help others and whatnot, like that, I don't, for me at least, landed right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, there it is. There, that's, that's totally yeah. it. Okay, I promise, uh, you know, they get easier for, from here on. Here, here's the question that I, I'm sure Betty wanted to know, too, is, is what does it feel like to win an Emmy in a Golden Globe for you? Man, uh, it, it really, it's, it's, so pow- it's, it's so emotional and so powerful having gone through that. And um, the, the moment is amazing is incredible and there will never be another moment like that but at the same time kind of the it's something that can never be taken away from me either so i kind of i don't think i fully understood the power of it until i had some time and distance from the actual event where you like this like how how the the magnitude of it and the what it means and how it will live with me um forever uh and there's sort of two sides to that one is this fear that that's how you know you'll you'll that that that's that that's where you you peaked or plateaued or yeah, whatever that's the it. case may be, <laughs> yeah. or that's the only thing you'll be remembered for, or the only thing that people will identify you for. And so you're kind of there is a an interesting relationship with that where you want to embrace it, celebrate it, make sure you're honoring it the right way. But at the same time, you for me at least, it's important to create some distance and make sure that. Um, that's not the only thing. So, um, for example, it was very important for me to have other shows lined up to produce after, after Schitt's Creek. Cause I just, it, the, the fear would be being like a one trick pony or a one and done type situation. And I never felt that would happen, but there is that fear. Like, and how do you get out from under that shadow and will you ever do it again? And can you ever do it again? So that becomes a big motivator. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, but how did you process time. that, Andrew? Like, well, I mean, you had other stuff obviously in the works and you're doing many things, but yeah. from from like a, a mental fitness standpoint or, or emotional standpoint, did you have anything that helped just like process that underlying fear? Well, I, I will say, like I use the word fear. I've never been scared of it, but it's just something yeah, yeah. It, like, but it's something like that's uh, uh, always kind of in the back of your mind. And it's like I said, you have, yeah. it's a complicated relationship with that event and that and those awards because they, you did that and you did that with a team and you're proud of it. And you, there's actually no bigger award on the planet than that for, for what we do and what, what we achieved but at the and and it's sort of so what comes after that becomes the question. And mm-hmm. what's interesting is there's not a lot of people to talk to about that, right? Because yeah, exactly. it's not it's not it's not really a relatable experience to to a lot of people. Um, and when people talk to you about having had the success and the achievement and working on a show that was like I. You know, I've worked on so many shows where I know I can walk down the street and nobody has ever heard of it, right? But now I, uh, you know, I have this show that I worked on that 
practically everybody on the planet has heard of it, right? Yeah. And that's that's wild, and it's, I'm proud of it. And I know, like, it means I could start a conversation with anybody, anybody, and we would have something to talk about, right? Like that's that's kind of cool. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's not something I spend a lot of time thinking about. I don't keep those awards around me. Um, oh, really? Um, Where do you keep it? Well, I actually keep, they're on display at Toronto Film School. Um, okay. And every once in a while, I'll just walk by and take a look at them and see how they're doing. But really, that's maybe, you know, twice a year or something like that. It's not something that that, that I do uh, that often. But um, yeah, so it kind of, it's it's complicated, but great and wonderful and beautiful. And uh, there's a responsibility that goes along with it, I feel. Um but then it's it, it's also a motivator too. Yeah. So it's, there's there's a lot of emotion packed into it, and often and listen, even just thinking about it, it it that way was a life changing moment, and to and I knew it was while it was happening, and um, yeah, it was deeply deeply emotional, and it was for uh for days and weeks following that, and I still kind of get those waves of that every once in a while, being like, wow, like this that's something that changed my life. Yeah. Well, that's actually the question I wanted to ask. I was curious to see, you know, how how an event like that did change your life personally and professionally. Because I know like you've been you've been working. It's just not like uh, you came straight out of film school and and, yeah. and banged out a, an <laughs> Emmy award winning series. If you've been you've done a lot of really great and successful shows. This one happened mm-hmm. to land in that category. Um, but I'm curious to see like did that shift perspective for you or that sh- like w- what did that do for your life yeah it did so just in terms of being a producer it it really there's a couple things that it did and you know there this is probably a long conversation just this question alone but um it kind of I, I'm not even sure where even to enter into the the, the answer here, but um, that there was so much work that went into it. I was so focused on that show for seven years uh, of my life and dealing with the ups and the downs, and mm-hmm. it, it was a challenging show to put together. And there were so many forces at work, and as it, it got gained popularity, you know those those downward pressures became stronger and stronger and so you learn a lot about yourself and you learn a lot about kind of what you want to do but at the same time at the end of the day no matter how hard it was and how challenging it was we really produced a a series that touched the world so deeply and what i learned about that was just i used to just think of tv shows as tv shows and you know as something like it'd be great to produce tv show but you, you go through an experience like um, Shit's Creek, and you're like, you can actually change the world. Like, you can actually change yeah. people's way of seeing the world and the way of engaging with the world and the conversations that they have and the way they think and act. Uh, and what that what that meant was for me is just recognizing the power of television. Uh, and then with that power, the responsibility that goes along with this. Sure. And, and then what does that responsibility look like? So 
for for me it's making sure you're you know putting good out into the world um that that's that's a big one that if you're wading into cultural conversations there is uh positivity attached to that and if you are an agent for change that it's it's changing in the right direction and i'm sure there's debate on what right is and what wrong is but uh i have you know you kind of attach that to a particular point of view and a way of seeing the world um but also with that power it's it's and that responsibility it's like you know people have stories to tell and people have careers to have to and uh and industry needs to grow and it's like so where when you have that recognition and all of a sudden you being me i have a platform and a voice what do you do with that and and Mm -hmm. that sort of has really changed the way that i that i think about my career and um what 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 i what my ambitions and and goals are like i said before it was just about shows okay we've got to get more shows and that's the business and we're gonna do that and then an, an experience like schitt's creek is like it's actually it's actually bigger than the show. If yeah. if you do this yeah. and you achieve, and um, it it turns into something like a Shit's Creek, or uh, it's it's like it's it's bigger. It's bigger than what you're actually producing, and that's yeah. that's cool and it's daunting and um, that's that's a bit scary. But this is why I was saying, like uh, at the beginning, it's it's for me, it's about. How do you, first of all, recognizing that that's, that's for me a truth. Uh, and second of all, spending time thinking about what you can do with that, um, with that, that ability to, sure. to, to move things forward. Like, I'm, it's still very yeah. hard for me to get shows ordered and greenlit and that sort of thing, but, uh, I'm able to have conversations and I'm able to kind of get people's attention and I'm able to uh, have a platform and a voice that really I, I didn't imagine I would ever have before. Hello, friends. Given you're here, I'm making the assumption that you're motivated to be mentally fit. So with that in mind, I want to let you know about the Better Questions newsletter, which publishes once or twice a month, providing all of us the opportunity to slow down, think, and ask better questions. As you know, quality questions are my thing, and this is an opportunity to share the prompts I've studied and curated to help our minds be healthier, clearer, more intentional, and expand our mental capacity. You can sign up over at BehindTheHuman.com slash newsletter, which will also give you a preview of my debut book, Personal Socrates. That's BehindTheHuman.com slash newsletter. Now back to the show. Well, two, two things come to mind. One there's that that who am I question or the answer coming right positive influence and ele- elevating influence and it, it, it's coming up pretty loud and clear and just how you're thinking about the, you know the, these projects at this point the second thing that I'm I'm curious about because you seem like a, a quite a reflective person just like you're you're speaking my language in terms of questions yeah. here obviously and 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 beautiful uh, reflective moments how do you how do you implement that into like that reflection for you personally into the process of creating these, like a new show or whatever, because I imagine it's quite easy to get into the autopilot of the machine of what it takes to 
put something like this together to your point, like, okay, next show this, this, like in the past world, but whereas what you're talking about takes some, you know, a bit of stillness in the mind or like you've got to zoom out of, of the situation and, and everyone does that differently, but I think everyone can benefit from those different practices, whether it's a, a long walk or mm-hmm. just, I don't know what that is. That, that's kind of the question for, for you, but what's been helpful for you to answer some of those questions? Yeah, I, I, the, it, it did take time and really kind of when it comes to, it, it was a lot of reflection and the good news is, you know, you reflect long enough that it, eventually it just becomes baked in to you. So, sure. um, so then it becomes kind of reflex to a certain degree. So then I, then I think it's important to kind of be checking in on your reflex. So is it, is it, current does it still make sense and that sort yeah. of thing and 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 if you have kind of broad enough philosophies that get you through the day um hopefully that that's something you bring to to all your encounters and all your experiences um but but for me it it really um i used to live in a very stressed world like i used to be stressed all the time um and just it was hard to handle and there were times where it was just um too much and i just had i kind of had to make a decision it's like what is that balance and like i can't really live like that uh it's just not healthy to anybody it's not Mm -hmm. healthy to me it's not healthy to my friends not healthy to my family and um and you could see yourself or i could see myself kind of drifting sometimes into behaviors that just weren't who I am, whether it's like, you know, getting upset over something, like whatever, like, and, and, and it's just like, you know, you kind of like how, how, you know, how do you make a decision of who you want to be? And that becomes a very reflective exercise. Um, and a lot, and it really was kind of, I can't live in, in constant stress. And by the way, this really happened about this almost predated Schitt's Creek a little bit. Um, where it's like, how do I, I need to figure out, I, you know, I have big goals. I want to take on a lot being able to manage, um, stress and stress levels. I have to be able to prioritize that. And it was, um, it was probably about 10 years ago, maybe a bit longer, 10 or 12 years ago. And I really had this moment where it's just like, I have to prioritize being calm. I have to, and okay. that has to come across in how I speak and how I breathe and how I uh, deal with, interact with people. It's like, how do I, how do I prioritize that calmness? And, you know, I, some, I like to think most of the time I'm good at it. Sometimes, you know, you're not, but, but um, that's just something I, I kind of chose to, to take on big projects and big ambitious uh, things but at the same time, avoid stress, which just, it sounds so, that's an impossible task. Like you actually can't do that. But yeah. that, that's what it became. The mission is like, how do I, how do I do that? And, um, uh, well, you set and, the intention, step yeah, one, but exactly. is there practices that helped you? Like, do you have, do you have non-negotiable, whether that's physical exercise or me- you meditate? Like there, there's, I'm assuming there's got to be something in your life that helps you train your mind to, to, to be calm. 
Yeah. There, well, I, for, first of all, I prioritize sleep and I, yeah. and so Number that's very important. Sure. And, and there really is, um, there is a meditativeness to that where just sort of my nighttime ritual involves kind of like breathing and, and that sort of thing. And I've never really, um, Oh, let's talk about ca- that. Categorized it as, yeah, as, as, uh, or define it as meditation, but it certainly is. Uh, the other thing, oh, hold on, so, no, you can't move on to that. This, this is a very <laughs> practical show. So what, what does that breathing look like? Like what, what is that for you? Is it just, it's just it's lying breaths? on my back. It's lying yeah. on my back. It's, it's actually crossing my legs <laughs> and okay. just breathing, uh, and until just in and out and counting my breaths, uh, okay. until, until I feel like it's time for me to like roll over and go to sleep, go like to that. sleep. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and if I wake up in the middle of the night, I, I do breathing exercise, just counting my breaths is really what it is and yeah. kind of figuring that out. Um, and I, I, yeah, <laughs> I sleep with a sleep mask on darkness is important to me. I like to just drown out all light. Um, even like a little clock radio is too much for me. I just yeah. can't have that distraction. And believe it or not, I listen. I have uh, earphones in all night, and I just listen to uh, like a white noise or something, just to kind of okay. keep me, keep me, you know, my mind as clear as possible. So yeah, see, this yeah. is a, this is the stuff that I. <laughs> There's so many golden nuggets there that anyone listening, you know, can can do this stuff. But most people just don't talk about it, right? Even even yeah. even your language, like oh, I just breathe. I know you're actually intentionally doing some pretty kick-ass stuff here on your yeah. evening wind down routine that the majority of the population isn't doing and could be very helpful for sleep. Which sleep, yeah. as you noted, and, and I've I've done a whole series with with a group of doctors on longevity and and sustained health and whatnot and sleep didn't matter who we were interviewing whether it was a doctor a dna specialist nutritionist it was always came back to you've got to sleep the right yeah. amount of hours for you and it's got to be quality sleep so it's, it's, it's really critical. the difference between a good day and a not good day for me the yeah. next day if i don't have yeah. sleep yeah. yeah the other thing that i did like i i have a, there's a couple other things that I, I will do that if we're getting practical. Um, <laughs> one thing that I, well, I haven't used it recently because I, it's it, to me, I kind of, I tie it to a season. Um, but in the winter on cold days, and this is just, I, I don't know why in my head I like to do on cold days, but I bought this mat that um, it's actually spikes. It has, it's a bed of nails. Okay. And yeah. And you lie on, and I just lie on it for 20 minutes and it's painful. It's very painful at the beginning. And then your body eases into it. And I've told so many people to buy them because it's just, it's one of those things that have kind of just, it just resets me at the end of the day. Um, and I just put on like, um, lo-fi, like beats type music, lie down. If I can lie in front of a fireplace, I will. And it's just lying there 20 minutes, eyes closed. And just, it just forces me to focus on me and what's going on and it's breathing and the the pain is not real pain but it but it's it's uncomfortable it's uncomfortable and then it disappears and all of a sudden you just feel your body pulsate like it's really it sounds so silly to say it out loud but i've told people and then you do it for 20 minutes you're off and you're like okay your back is all pockmarked but um uh it just kind of it's that's been something that's been really great 
for me too. And that is, that's more along the lines of meditation. And then the other thing that I do, and I do this once a week is I go to the gym and I lift heavy weights. And I, mm-hmm. and basically the reason I do that, it, it was something I discovered during this stress, like a stressful time, like 10 years ago that, um, I didn't have any kind of device to get every thought out of my mind. And when you lift heavy weights, you have to be so focused, like singularly on one tiny, tiny, highly technical thing that if you do it wrong, you'll hurt yourself very badly. So yeah. you can't, it, it forces you to, to, um, uh, to push out every thought. And that's something that's been really good for me as well. Okay. I'm curious, Andrew, as, as a producer, and as you're working on all these various projects, how do you think these practices are, are and maybe specifically the, the way that you, because the kind of the way that all of these practices, I think, link into A, helping you be more calm, but then also that deep focus, like you're training your mind how to focus. Yeah. Have you noticed how that shows up in... Uh, you know, in the capacity of a, a producer and, and, and working on these projects. Yeah. Well, the thing about producing, and if you, if I were to show you my calendar, it would just it would blow your mind because I just, I have to change gears 20 times a day in terms yeah. of, and that's changing focus and, and moving around. And, but, but so many of them require intense focus and um, that's, it's helped me do that. So I, I, I can be, I can be very good at compartmentalizing and that's something I, I just had to figure that out. So I, if I'm in a stressful situation here, I can't be in it there. And mm. so I have to figure out how do I shut that down so I can be my best self over here. And, and that's something that has taken sort of effort to figure, figure out. Um, and, and, and that has helped a lot. And I, it means I can kind of bounce from thing to thing, which as a producer, you need to be able to do that. You know, things and producing and are involved in multiple projects. You need to reset. You need to deal with something, reset and, and figure out the next thing. And then you, yeah. you know, and then I'm, I'm uh, at Toronto Film School as well. And that that's a whole other set of issues yeah, yeah. and muscles to, to, um, to flex and that sort of thing. So I, I am changing gears nonstop every day. And it's, it's that sort of one thing that I've learned. So it's about focus, beginning, middle, end, go to the next okay. one is really kind of how, how okay. it works. And that is a bit of a process. I've never really talked through what it actually is, but that's, that's kind of how I see it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I only ha- like, this is very new for me, obviously, the, the, the producing aspect of, of, this one project that I have on the go that we've been talking about, but it's been eye opening. Like I totally understand what you're saying in terms of there's so many moving parts in any of these productions. And like, this is, I'm on a small scale of, uh, of this, but like what, you know, in terms of what we were talking about before he record, you know, on a call with an entertainment lawyer, but then five seconds later, it's, flip into creative mode of, okay, well, how are we going to set this thing yeah. up? Then it's like, well, you need this from the talent. It's just, there's so many comp- like polar opposite situations running yeah. in parallel. Right. And in my role too, you 
have to be ready for like an actor who won't leave their trailer or, you know, things like things like that where, or so it's like, how do you kind of live in that world where you're trying to control as much as you can, but knowing that you can't. And so there's a, there's a lot of navigating that goes along with it. And you just hope there's enough sort of, uh, um, emotional survival tools in your toolkit that you can, that you can figure it out when something comes along. And I think there's a, there's not much that comes my way now that really throws me off. And that's, that's just experience and it's thinking and it's reflecting and that sort of thing. Like it's interesting. I talked to so many kind of young filmmakers or really anybody who's starting their career and, and I was this way too, but everybody's just looking for a shortcut. It's like, what do you do? And the truth yeah. is there, there isn't one. You actually, you, you have to grow and learn and make mistakes. And, and then it just kind of over time, it, it just reveals itself to you, which, which is important. Um, but I, I remember just like, having mentors and just like looking at them and the wisdom that they had and everything was just so accessible to them in terms of expertise and that sort of thing. And just being like, how does that, how does that happen? And how do I flip a switch to make that work? And, uh, for me, and (laughs) you do flip the switch. It just happens 10 years later. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 It's true. It's It's, uh, that's a nice uh, transition actually. Cause I did want to ask, um, you know, speaking of wisdom and mentors and whatnot, and I just I would love to capture this moment as as a as a proud Canadian, but also just you know um, someone that respects someone like a Eugene Levy. Like what what did you learn from him working with him on on set? Like what kind of wisdom you know you, did you absorb, and would you like to pass pass on to yeah. others? Well, I think somebody like Eugene or Catherine O'Hara or. You know, even Mark Critch, who I work with now, it's, these are people that have built long careers, right? So yeah. there's a lot to there is a lot to learn from them, and and so you look at like Eugene and Catherine, who have had successful forty year careers, and basically what you see is first of all highly professional, like and but also find find the joy in small things, find fun mm. in small things, make make real connections with people, get to know people, um, which I think what that means is it's finding your community. Um, it's, it's kind of, and, and their leadership styles come from that. It's like getting everybody on board with, um, a shared vision and, and how do we, how do we work together to get, get to where we want to go? And how does my, how does my win be our win? Mm -hmm. Um, that and that's that stuff you see from veterans that have figured out what a forty-year career looks like and what it means. So I I think about that and reflect on that um, because you have to work at to, to have careers like that. There's so in in entertainment. There's so many people who who don't have longevity in their career. They're here yeah. and then they're not. So when you look at somebody like those people. Eugene and Catherine and whoever uh, uh, you know people cut from that yeah. kind of cloth. It's like, yeah, they, you, they have to work at it, and it's really kind of recognizing that you are where you are because of people and the people around you. And how, what do you do to to make sure you're supporting them so that they can support you? All that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So, 
Well, and it's yeah. interesting because even just in preparing for this conversation, I was, you know, going down the, the rabbit hole of looking at, you know, the different projects and whatnot that you've been on, but then Eugene and Catherine as well. And then like, oh, wow, I didn't, I didn't realize that they were in this and they were in this thing together, you know, like 10 years, 20 years ago. And you start, you start realizing, at least I was realizing that there's, there's just a lot to the story, right? Like to your point, like 40 year career, you, you, you know, the, the people on the outside world see some of the hits, obviously. And like my initial introduction would have been for my generation would have been American pie, yeah. you know, those, those movies. And you start going back and like, Oh wow. Like, he was like an originator in, 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 in this whole series and comedy and what, and I'm like, this is powerful stuff. And, and, and that's, you know, sets the stage, right. To your point and fires up the, you know, yeah, and though they, you know, the other thing to learn is that those, those are people that, that believed in their passion. They, you know, yeah. that show SCTV was, you know, was groundbreaking and created, all these the, these legendary sketches but but legendary performers as well but they had to grind like it wasn't nothing was handed to them yeah um, that's a show that had no money they shot it a season or two here in toronto but they shot i think the bulk of it in some you know tiny tiny studio in edmonton alberta like <laughs> okay. it, like and that you know and i'm sure there was zero glamour attached to it um but that's people driven by passion and that's people driven yeah. by a vision and and surrounded by people they trust and people that they like and the people that um, are on the same page. And yeah. you look at kind of the influence that show had, that that show's over 40 years old. Um, well, and the people that came out of that, yeah. right? It, the exactly. ripple effect. I'm yeah. curious, Andrew, like as I, cause I know you're, you know, you've been asking some big questions with your, with your own career and, and your life and next chapter and, and whatnot. You know, if you take into account some of the stuff you're sharing right now, some of this wisdom, how is this affecting, you know, how you're, you're looking at the, the next chapter of your life and, and what does that look like for you? Yeah, well, I still feel, you know, I, I, I still feel like I'm getting started. Like, it's funny to say, yeah. like I, I wake up in the morning and it's like, okay, what are we going to do today? And every day kind of feels like day one to me. And I love that. Like it, it's, I'm not in a rut. I'm not stuck in a routine. Every day is different. And I just feel there's like really amazing challenges ahead of me. And so I'm, I'm energized by a lot of it. You know, I yeah. get tired, <laughs> but everybody does. I have long yeah. days, but, but I just, feel that I, I still have a lot to offer, a lot to do, which is a weird thing to say. Like, I'm in my 40s. But um, uh, so there is a lot of runway left. But it's kind of what do I what do I do with that and what are the things? And I was telling you before, I, you know, my, I used to always be like, what are the shows, what are the shows? And now I, I tend to think a bit differently and, and bigger. It's, it's, you know, my involvement in Toronto Film School is really about... Um, you know, elevating voices, but all in, in one in, in one way of looking at it, but also mm -hmm. at, uh, making sure that there's a trained uh, and skilled, you know, people entering the workforce for this growing industry in film and television production. So there's a responsibility there. It's like if we yeah. want to compete as an industry on the global stage, it's like we need the crew to do that. We need we need world class crew. And how do I get in? How do I, you know, get get involved in that to make sure that that's, that's the case. And if we want sort of world-class voices, how do we make sure that they're getting the support there? And that's, inspiring. that's, that's 
Yeah, thank you. And and I really, I you know, for, as a film school, one of the kind of objectives I had, or one of the things I thought about, is like, how do you, as a school, how do you think of yourself as an industry stakeholder rather than just a school? So it's like, where does a school fit into the film and television uh, ecosystem? And it's 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 looking at a, a school as the same way, giving it assigning the same value as you would a studio or a distributor or a bank or whatever. It's because they all these pieces have to happen and have to work together, and that's really how I kind of picture what what a school in in film and television does. And that's kind of how I think it. It's like we're building careers, but we're building an industry. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So and then on from from like a a business point of view, it's like, again, how do you, how do you act as an industry stakeholder? It's like, it's, it's important to make good shows. It's important to make shows that lead to sort of important cultural conversations and, and entertain and find audiences, that sort of thing. But also, you know, do you, you know, how do you make sure that the right physical infrastructure is being built? How do you make sure that government policy is supporting uh, industry and that sort of thing. So those are the conversations I'm finding myself being pulled into a bit more than than just creative conversations, mm. which is great. So like I talk to studio heads a lot. I talk to government yeah. officials a lot, and and I like I like having that. You know, when you're a producer producing a show, like you're on the ground, you're doing it, you're grinding it out. But for me, that's not really where where I see the evolution is of do, is doing more of that. It's it's how do you, where do I fit into the larger picture? What is the 10,000 square foot, 10,000 10, foot view where I can look down and be like, okay, we're actually moving big pieces around rather than yeah. just kind of these pieces to make the show. And sort of that's sort of my perspective now. Totally. Well, I mean, but it makes sense because I mean, you the, the, the key in that whole thing is that you know which pieces are involved <laughs> yeah. in, the, in the master puzzle, right? And you've yeah. been there and you've been there in the, in the details and so forth. Uh, there's a question that keeps coming up that I, I don't know if it fits in, in, in the flow right now, but I'm going to ask it anyway. And it's just, and there's no right or wrong answer to this. And it's just, what, what does a mentally fit producer look like to you? Uh, well, a mentally fit person is really, it's because there's so much coming at you. It's, it's somebody who can manage time. And mm. I think it's it's you know it's being scheduled appropriately. It's it's making sure you're touching all the stakeholders that that need access to you. Making sure that you have those relationships. But it comes down to time. And I think, I mean, I don't I don't know who said it, but it was something. I think it was a quote around Beyonce or something. And it's like, look at what she's done. And believe it or not. She only has 24 hours in a day, just like you. And it, it, yeah. I'm totally paraphrasing that and maybe crediting it to somebody that was <laughs> maybe it was Jay Z. I don't know. But, yeah, yeah, um, uh, uh, but I think that's it. It's, it's, it's how do you, it's really mastering time and, and that somebody who can do that, that becomes such a huge skill. And the people th that can't, you're you're always you're you're always going to be sort of off balance or not being able to to handle as much as you actually can handle. So yeah. I think about time a lot. I think about bandwidth a lot. I think about capacity a lot. Uh, and I but I also want to make sure that people who need 
access to me, and that includes new relationships, uh, new business relationships, new personal relationships, all of that, uh, that I'm able to accommodate and get mm-hmm. that, you know, deal with that. And some days are harder than others, and some days are longer than others, but um, it's really, to me, everything is about... And I think time management can be perceived as being cold because it's like, okay, I only got half an hour with you or I only get like, and there is a bit of that, but at the same time, it's just how you have to structure or how I have yeah. to structure my life and, and how, um, I just think if you look at successful people, so many of them have mastered time and time. Yeah. Management. yeah. Last question for you. What, what makes you smile each day? Oh, I smile all the time. I, I I get so much joy out of life and laughing and telling jokes. And, you know, my my family certainly does. I get along really well with everybody and they make me laugh. And, um, you know, I like joking around with my kids. But even, you know, when I come into the office, there's, there is a, there's a lightness to it. Um, I just feel laughter is such an important part of my day. Uh... And I find I'm able to find reasons to smile in everything. It's really, I really believe that. And I feel that's, if anything, that's a, that's sort of a superpower I have is just to kind of, you know, um, be able to delight in kind of the little things and even things that, that can be tough. It's like, where do you find, where do you find the lightness and the humor in that? Yeah. Ah, love it. Love it. Well, it matches very well to everything that you mentioned in the in that first big question. I, I told you it'd get a, it'd get easier as we go through, <laughs> and you're rolling out the answers no problem at this point. Um, so I want to thank you, Andrew, a for oh, for making time for for this new relationship, and and I and you know I look forward to that blossoming forward and, and whatnot, and and then also just you know I feel really re- comforted, and and there's like a refreshing feeling knowing that you're at the helm and, and leading, you know, projects and people and institutions and organizations, um, from an intentional standpoint, you know, that yeah. it, I, I do think that's a superpower and, and it's, it's so easy to do the opposite because we do live in a society that is very much autopilot and just go, go, go. So to know that there's someone like yourself out there, you know, pausing and asking those important questions is, is, um, really reassuring and, and exciting. So thank you for that. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, no, I, I do spend time thinking about that and I appreciate you noticing and, and uh, having this conversation.